1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Money Wise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. You can find us at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach us at 508-998-8858. And today we're going to talk about real estate. So if you own a home, if you're thinking about selling a home, if you would like to buy a house and you've been thinking about buying a house, stay tuned to this show because there's some really important information. Maybe you're living in an apartment right now and you're wondering whether you can afford to buy a house. Well, there are a lot of different kinds of financing vehicles available to you today. So we're going to be talking about a lot of these subjects. First, I'd like to say good morning to Attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. Mike, uh, I know you don't like to call yourself a specialist, but you're certainly a specialist in doing a lot of real estate closings. Yeah, on the legal side of things, we deal with it all the time. We have clients who uh, have property and trust, or if they don't have a trust, just maybe have a will or no will at all. So we can assist with getting the property out of the trust or out of the estate. And you also deal with things like homesteads and how to protect the equity in your house? Absolutely. And that's more, not so much on the sales side of things, but that's the real estate. The homestead is a document that gets filed at the Registry of Deeds and that can protect the equity that you have in that in the house. Very important. It's very cheap liability protection, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's only $35 to record that, so right, and it's definitely worth it. Not much more than that to prepare it. Right. Everybody who has a house, a primary resident, should have a homestead on it. Wouldn't Absolutely, you agree? yep. Okay. Now, we have another special guest. Mike, you're always a special guest. so oh, I def- thank you. <laughs> I, I want you to know that, first of all. I feel special. Good. <laughs> Somebody should make a song out of that, Mike, I think. <laughs> well, me. we have another special guest with us this morning. His name is Brad Thalen. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. Well, thank you for joining us. And Brad, I'm going to spell your last name because people are going to say, what is what is he saying, Brad Thalen? <laughs> it's T-H-E-L-I-N. So you are something special, Brad, because you are a realtor. That is correct. Uh, I work for Century 21 based out of uh, the Dartmouth office. Okay. Where's the Dartmouth office located, by the way? 980 Reed Road in Dartmouth, Mass. It's okay. a brand new building that they just put up there. Oh, okay. So it is a brand-new building? Brand-new building, state-of-the-art uh, office, um, nothing like it around here on the South Coast. Well, I, that really intrigued me because we were talking a little bit before the show started, and you said it's a state-of-the-art office. So I'm going to have to visit to see what a state-of-the-art office looks like. Yeah, that'd be great. We're having, actually, our grand opening uh, next Friday, the 25th, and they're inviting anyone uh, in the real estate profession. That inter- um, includes in- attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, mortgage lenders, uh, home stagers, other realtors, um, anyone that really has to do with the transaction. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to being able to visit. Now, um, I know that you are a realtor. You also have another special designation. You are called a senior real estate specialist. That is correct. Uh, it's a certification from the National Association of Realtors, and it basically qualifies me to assist seniors in the housing of uh, sales and purchases. So it doesn't mean that you're a senior. <laughs> that is correct. It does not mean I'm a okay. senior. It means you work with seniors. I work with seniors, yep. Okay. Well, that's what Mike does also. Mike uh, does a lot of work with seniors in, uh, in your law practice, right, Mike? Absolutely. Um, everyone needs an estate plan, but unfortunately only you know when they get older is they feel um, more urgency to do that. So a lot of times it's the seniors that we deal with. Yep. Well, I actually qualify as a senior myself. 
the only person in this room right now who qualifies as a senior. So <laughs> would you work with me? I would. <laughs> okay, good. I've actually known Brad for a little while, and we've had a chance to work together on some outside projects. And uh, Brad, I'm going to actually give you uh, give your cell phone number. If somebody wants to reach you, what number should they call you at? I can be reached at 508-817-1665. That's my cell phone. Okay, and we'll repeat that. And you have a website also, which is, uh, if I can read the letters, let's see, it's Brad um, TC? Yep, T. C21.com. Okay. okay. And that's Brad T for your name, and then C21 for Century21.com. Well, Century21 has been around for a long time, haven't they? Yes, they've been around for um, you know generations of um, home buyers and sellers. They're a national company, also an international company. The office that I work for at Dartmouth was just um, uh, had the number one office in the South Coast for real estate in 2018. Wow. Most that's, sales that's good in to hear. So you've got a lot of agents working there then. Yep. Tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you go to school, Brad? I went to school. I graduated from the University of Montana, Missoula, um, with a degree, a Bachelor of Science degree. Okay. And I won't ask you when or how long ago because we try not to date people <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Thank but, you. Um, so uh, University of Montana, Missoula? That's correct. Wow, I've never heard of Missoula. Is that a name of a town? That is the name of the town, yep. So that would be yes. sort of like University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth then. Correct. Yep. Yeah, they have okay. different uh, different campuses all across the state of Montana. But you also have a lot of expertise in um, computer networking, don't you? That's correct. I was a network engineer in the telecommunications field for 20 years before I became a full-time realtor. Okay. Well, I think that would be a really interesting background because anybody who has the expertise that you have enjoyed in the computer field, uh, I would think that would be very useful in working in the real estate business as well. Gives you access to uh, anything that's on the market. Um, and I know that you uh, also are members of MLS. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm uh, an active member of MLS. Which is multiple listing services. That's a service, by the way, that um, good brokers, good realtors belong to because it allows you instantly to see what's on the market. So if somebody walked into your office and wanted to meet with you or made an appointment, um, you could look and tell them what's on the market in various cities and towns, what the price ranges are, and all of that. Yes, it's a very useful tool that I use every day. Um, if I'm just looking at what the market is doing uh, in the surrounding towns, or if I'm working with a client and they want to possibly put an offer in on a house, we look at solds in the area and compare the prices, and that MLS has all that information. So I want to give you a quotation, Brad, and if you want, you can take this with you and put this in your office. This is from Mark Twain. He said, buy land. They're not making it anymore. And you've probably heard that quotation before, haven't you? I have, yes. So, But you didn't know it was from Mark Twain. No. <laughs> so, um, so this is a really interesting time. Is this a good time to buy real estate? Uh, right now, uh, at, at this stage, it is a good time to buy real estate. I think in January you have um, a better – the buyers have a little more power. Um, the buyers have been around longer. You know, they're serious buyers. And it's during the winter that the market sort of shifted a little bit, so uh, prices have come down a little bit. You know, I do a lot of reading, and uh, recently, within the last few days, I was looking at the local New Bedford Standard Times newspaper, and I just happened to see some ads for rental housing, and I saw an adver- advertisement for a 
two-bedroom apartment in a two-family house, and it was being advertised for $1,250 a month, two bedrooms, two baths, for $1,250 mm-hmm. a month. And I thought, you know what? That's a mortgage payment. Yeah. That is a mortgage payment. So if you're going to be paying that kind of a rent, maybe you ought to be thinking about buying a house. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, a lot of people that come to uh, that I work with are first-time home buyers. They are currently renting um, today, mm-hmm. and they are hearing the same thing of you know why should I be spending my money to pay for somebody else's um, mortgage when I could possibly own my own house and build my own uh, equity. Sure. So I'm going to ask you a question I don't know the answer to, um, but I think about it once in a while. Um, if almost any time is a good time to buy a house, but I think especially right now because mortgage rates are, are still low, correct? Yeah, mortgage rates historically are still low. I mean, they have risen from the beginning of last year. The Fed's raised the rate four times last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it's still historically low to be purchasing a house. It's a good time to buy a house, and it's a good time to get started buying a house. Um when you meet with people that are interested in buying a house and they say, I'm not sure if I qualify, I want to make sure if I qualify, do you do things yourself and do you do things in your office to try to pre-qualify somebody to make sure that they will be approved for mortgage financing, for example? So, yeah, when I have an instance like that, um, I'm a realtor, so my my business is helping people buy and sell property. Mm-hmm. And when they are come to me and they haven't done the pre-approval, which is usually the next step after contacting a realtor, I direct them to uh, different lenders that might be a good fit. And then after that, it's working with the lender to come up with uh, the best loan options that might be beneficial to them. Okay. Do you encourage people to actually go out and get pre-qualified for a loan, for a mortgage, so they know what the range of housing is that they can afford? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, it's it's not um, prudent to be out looking at properties that you don't even know if you can afford yet without getting that pre-approval. Mm. That's always been a recommendation I've made as well. Um, if you're thinking about buying a house, uh, you better make sure that your credit is okay. So you ought to pull your credit reports. You need to know what your credit score is. And then it's not a bad idea at all to go out and try to get pre-qualified for financing because now you really have power, don't you? Now you can walk into meet with somebody like Brad Thalen, and you can say, um, I'm pre-qualified to get a mortgage loan for X dollars. Um, this makes you a better buyer, doesn't it? Yes, it gives you uh, more power. And it shows that uh, if you make an offer on a house that you are a more serious buyer. Mm-hmm. And in today's um, real estate market, most um, agents will require that when you make an offer on the house that you also show the pre-approval letter so they know that um, – the buyer bring is qualified to buy the house. Okay. Yep. That's really a good thing to know. And um, so let's say somebody wants to make an offer on a house. Um, they would, you would help them fill out the offer form, right? Correct. Yep. That's something that we would meet in the office and go over uh, the offer form and explain all the different terms. And then um, we would submit the offer. Okay. And then normally what we recommend uh, very strongly and have for many, many years is if you have an offer that's been accepted, the next step is you have to do a purchase and sale contract. And for that, we recommend that people not work with a broker, but go to an attorney instead. And uh, Mike, I know you do a lot of work, attorney Michael Coleman, helping people put together real estate contracts. Absolutely. We have a number of them going on right now. And I know a lot of times the brokers don't want to do that mm-hmm. because it is a legal document. And in the document, it actually says that if you don't understand the terms of this document, seek legal advice. Right. So I think that brokers most of the time don't want to do that. 
And um, I think there may be even some prohibitions against uh, brokers doing purchase and sale contracts, although I know I've seen in the past some brokers who do purchase and sale contracts, but it ought to be done by uh, an attorney. Uh, the, the number one financial transaction that most people engage in, the largest transaction, is buying a house or selling a house. Mm-hmm. And we've always recommended that you you know, speak to somebody like Attorney Mike Coleman when you're doing that. Yeah, especially in what we do with trusts and estates. The documents need to be written a certain way. The sellers need to be listed a certain way. And, you know, it's a it's a legal terms that we put in the document. So, mm-hmm. yes, it should be done by an attorney. And, Mike, I know you've, you've had some interesting transactions that um, I, I've actually seen a little bit on the brokerage side myself where there was an estate. Actually, there was a series of two or three estates yeah. on one particular house and wasn't there something like five heirs, five well, beneficiaries? There were five beneficiaries. There were two estates, and the problem was that deeds had been done over the you know span of maybe twenty years, uh, corrective deeds and confirmatory deeds, and there were life estates, and it was a huge mess. And when the buyer's lender did title, they came up with all sorts of issues. So it took us close to a year, I think, from the time that we tried to sell the property to get through all those title issues to finally sell the house out of two different estates and split all the money amongst all these beneficiaries. So it was complicated. Did you have to probate any of the estates, either of the estates? There was one probate. We had to do three probates is the bottom line. So that's another thing that held things up. We had to get a license to sell from the probate court. So, yeah, it was tough. And so probates, license to sell, all that takes time, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, in terms of pre-planning, if you're working with somebody who is older, um, Brad, you mentioned that you are a a senior real estate specialist and you you do a lot of work helping seniors to find another place to live perhaps or work with them to sell their house. Um, There comes a point in time when maybe somebody just can't stay in the house any longer, for one thing. They need to find an alternate arrangement. Uh, you've had training in that, is that right, Brad? That's correct, yes. Yeah. So a senior resource um, specialist is training from the National Association of Realtors um, to be able to uh, relate um, and realize, you know, become aware of the financial and emotional challenges, you know, seniors might have when they're selling a long-time held family home. So sometimes when you're working with the seniors, are you also working with other family members? Yes. Um, yeah, so you're when- working with different generations, either um, – you know, usually their um, brother, you know, their their daughters or their sons, um, who may or may not be in the area, but definitely have input protecting, you know, their parents. So we're talking with Brad Thalen from Century Twenty One Signature Properties. Um, you're located on Reed Road. What's the address on Reed Road, by the Na- way? Nine Eighty Reed Road in Dartmouth. Nine Eighty Reed Road. Okay. And if you do want to reach Brad, you can reach him at five zero eight eight one seven. 1665, um, and he'll be happy to talk to you about that. You know, there comes a point in time, and I know, Mike, you see a lot of this as well, Attorney Michael Coleman, when decisions have to be made to sell the houses. So on the broker-realtor side, um, Brad, you can handle that. You can handle the contracts and get them started on the sale. Um, How do you value the properties? How do you determine what's the selling price for a property? Uh, so usually what would happen is I would meet with um, the potential seller and visit the home. And I'd have them take, give me a tour through the house and mm-hmm. let me know what they've done to the house or what 
drew them to the house in the first place, um, what they still like about the neighborhood and the area. And I take that information. Um, I use the MLS system to go back six months um, and look at you know sold homes in the area that match the same maybe square footage, number of bedrooms, bathrooms that this home has. So comparable sales. Comparable sales, yes. Okay. And then based upon that, you come up with a recommendation for a selling price. Based upon that, yeah, the selling price comes out. And then, you know, that's another visit to the homeowner to sit down and go over the report with them and let them know how we came up with the price. Okay. And then once you uh, take the contract or the listing contract to sell it, um, the first thing you do, and I believe you have to do this within 24 hours, you have to put it on multiple listing services also, right? That's correct, yeah. If it's during the week and you have a signed listing contract, you have 24 hours to get that on MLS. If you are signing a contract, say, on a Saturday, you have until that Monday to get it into MLS. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think now you have to put pictures on as well. You can't put up a listing without putting some pictures in. That's correct, yeah. The, the uh, MLS pin in Massachusetts allows up to 30 pictures you can put up uh, for a single listing. All right. So it's, it's really important to get the house on multiple listing services for several reasons because it's not just your buyers who may come in once you've listed the house uh, saying, I'm interested in buying a house, I'll work with Century 21, or they may not all look at just your website. But there's a notice that goes out or it flashes on MLS, doesn't it, to indicate to all the other MLS member brokers in the area there's a new listing that's taken place. That is correct. Um, most brokers and realtors will have their hot sheets that they look at, so they'll see all new listings that come up daily, mm-hmm. um, and this will populate all of those hot sheets. And it will also match any buyers they have uh, in MLS that they're currently sending searches to that um, this house or listing will match uh, some of their buyers' search criteria. Okay. And then on the buying side, I assume you're working with people who are looking to buy houses also. You probably have clients that you're working with who have a certain – uh, listings. So you're looking at MLS every day to see if something comes up that might match your client's needs. Definitely, yes. I'm, I'm there every day. I have a couple of different reports and hot sheets that are custom created that I look up uh, in the morning before I even start my day. Mm-hmm. It gives me an idea of what's happening what, uh, in the market, what's coming new, and what's sold, too, um, to stay active, uh, to know the you know surrounding areas and the towns of what's happening here. So I think folks listening really need to understand uh, not only the power of working with a broker and a realtor, but also the power of the fact that there's this network known as Multiple Listing Services, MLS, because every broker in the area who's a member of MLS is able to see what every other broker's listings are, what properties are on the market, when new properties come on the market. And that's really a very powerful resource, isn't it? I Yes, definitely it's a powerful resource. For instance, if you were trying to sell your house for sale by owner, you don't have that resource available to you um, where your listing or your house for sale gets populated to all of these different brokers and uh, outlets. You know, when it hits the MLS, it also gets propagated out to, you know, the Zillows and the Realtors.com and Homes.com and different sites. Okay. And that's where they're pulling their data. And some people who are computer savvy will be looking at these other websites looking for properties themselves. So it's critically important to be working with a broker and a realtor who is uh, connected into the MLS system. What's the main difference between a broker and a realtor? Uh, a broker is uh, someone who can basically run the the business of, of the real estate business. Okay. A realtor is uh, you know more of someone that's on the ground showing and listing houses, okay. um, but doesn't have to worry about. Um, 
the back end part of the business of running a real estate business okay. and the liability. Realtors also have a, a, a higher standard code of conduct to adhere to, don't they? They have to follow um, ethical rules and legal rules when they're acting, uh, either buying or selling property for people. Correct, yes. It's called the Code of Ethics. Um, now, obviously, if you are a realtor, you um, take a class, an ethics class, every year, I believe, at this point now. Mm. That has to be renewed and has to be renewed when you're renewing your license so you right. can keep up to date on the ethics. Yep. Well, that's a good thing. Um, let's talk briefly about whether somebody should try to list their house for sale by themselves and sell it. That's not really a good idea, is it? Uh, no. I mean, historically, what they've seen, I think that it's around 96% of um, for sale by owners actually end up using a realtor mm-hmm. in, the, in the long run. Um, the realtor, someone like myself, is there to you know, work on all the paperwork, uh, negotiations, also is putting on open houses, showing the house, uh, making those appointments, compared to if you have a homeowner who works during the day, um, they can't show the house during the day. If they're busy on the weekends, you know, so they're modifying their schedule to try to fit people in, and it can be cumbersome for a lot of people. So, and I've always told people, if you try to sell your house by yourself, you're crazy, because what do you do if you want to have an open house, for example? How do you know who's going to go into your house? Mm-hmm that you can't screen, you don't have the capacity to pre-screen them to find out if they're finance eligible to look at your house in the first place. And what if it's somebody who just wants to go in and check out your house because they want to break into your house? Very important for security that you don't try to sell your own house. You've got to work with somebody who's a a professional. And a lot of times with what we do, uh, it's kids who live in different states who live far away, so obviously they're not going to be able to show a house uh, or mm-hmm. go to the house if something needs to be taken care of. If they're, you know, a thousand miles away, that's not going to work for them. Right. Well, I have to give you an important quotation. It's really the cat's house. We just pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> so we have cats in our house, and I can tell you that this is really a very important quotation for us. <laughs> but uh, home ownership is very important. Uh, Winston Churchill said, we shape our dwellings, and afterwards our dwellings shape us. But uh, home ownership is sort of the bedrock of the economic system in this country, isn't it? Owning a home is is a very desirable objective to have. And then after you own your house, another desirable objective when you're getting closer to retirement is a lot of people would like to pay off their mortgage and have um, equity in their house. Or if you have an emergency, you can tap equity for something else. But rather than just paying money to a rental situation – Maybe you're a lot better off to have your own house. Um, I just had a meeting uh, two days ago with somebody who specifically said, and she's elderly, she's 89, she said, most importantly, I want to stay in my house as long as I can. And she knows and we know that that's not going to be forever. Um, She has some declining faculties. And at some point in time, we need to talk to her about a different living arrangement. And that's an area where you could be helpful also, Brad. Uh, correct. Yeah, a lot of um, seniors are, you know, it's called aging in place. They want to stay within their home, within their community and neighborhood, um, and just still be able to function and, and do their daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we all know, as we get older, and either you have a two-floor home and you're only living on the first floor at that point, um, you know, it gets too much to handle for uh, one person. Mm-hmm. Yep, so lots of issues. So we're talking this morning with Attorney Michael Coleman. We're also talking with Brad Thalen. T-H-E-L-I-N, 
Brad is a realtor and a broker, and he's with Century 21 Signature Properties on Reed Road in Dartmouth. Uh, you can reach Brad, by the way, and you should call him if you have questions about buying a house or selling a house, 508-817-1665. And that's a cell phone for you, too, so you'd always be able to answer that, wouldn't you? That is correct. That is my cell phone and the best way to reach me, and um, I pride myself in being a quick turnaround for any calls that come in. So he'll answer your your call at any reasonable hour, um, but not during a Patriots game. <laughs> right. right. Well, when we come back in just a few short minutes after a quick break, we want to talk about um, how do you finance a house? What are some of the ways you can arrange credit, financing, down payments, and so forth? So stay tuned. We're going to talk to you more about not only selling your house, but also buying a house, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Every Sunday morning, we're so happy to be on the radio airwaves talking to you and giving you some more information that will help protect you and protect your family. Our goal is to help you make more money, save more money, and do things that are better uh, economically for your family. We are USA Wealth Group. You can find us at 352 Fonts Corner Road. You can reach us at 508-998-8858. And our website is usawealthgroup.com. So check in with us. You know, we've got lots and lots of good information. Today we're talking about real estate. We're talking about selling houses and buying houses. I think anybody who buys a house at some point or another thinks maybe the house is going to be too big for me when I get older. Maybe I need to downsize. Maybe I want to be on one level instead of two levels. My bedrooms are upstairs. I don't like climbing stairs. There are lots of issues. You must face this. Uh, Brad, we're, our guest this morning is um, Brad Thalen. Uh, he's a realtor with Century 21. Also with us is attorney Michael Coleman from Lance Law, Inc. Good morning. Good so, morning. Gentlemen, welcome back. So um, do you find people sometimes, Brad, who say, my house is just too big, I need to downsize, and I'm, I'm having a more hard time climbing stairs these days? Is that something you do? Yes, it's becoming much more common um, with the clients that I'm working with, and a lot of them, a lot of those individuals are looking to move to a condo um, or a townhouse, uh, so it's something where they don't have to take care of the yard, they don't need to shovel um, as they um, age, you know, these things become more difficult and cumbersome for them to do. Mm. Yep, I agree. Well, Brad, you've been in this business for a while, and um, I think it's exciting. I think it's a fun business when you're able to help somebody sell their house or or buy a house and give them advice. Uh, Susie Orman, by the way, once said, owning a home is a keystone of wealth, both financial affluence and emotional security. And even Jane Austen, a writer in the 1800s in England, said, there is nothing like staying at home for real comfort. Mm-hmm. It's true. Home ownership is very important. It's very important in this country. I suspect we probably have a higher percentage of home ownership in this country than a lot of the other countries around the world. Uh, I don't know the statistics on that. But we talked earlier about um, financing, and how does somebody buy a house, especially if it's a first-time home buyer? I know every once in a while I'll see that City of New Bedford has a program they put on for first-time home buyers to get uh, you know specifics on how to do it, how to go about it. First of all, I guess you have to have credit. We talked about you should look at your credit reports and make sure you get reasonable credit. Um, so you must refer people to lenders, for example. 
that is correct. Yeah, anyone that comes to me that is not pre-approved, um, I refer out to a couple of different lenders that I you know highly recommend and work with. Mm-hmm. And there are also some uh, mortgage brokerage firms in the area. This is a very specialized field. Um, I've worked in the past, for example, with RMS, um, which is called Residential Mortgage Services. Uh, they've actually been on the radio before. Um, you can reach them at 508-818-5197. But we have other brokerage firms more locally that we've worked with, and I think you have too, like Stonegate, for example. Yeah, I work with um, Grant Menard. He's the vice president over at Stonegate mm-hmm. uh, Mortgage in South Dartmouth. And they're right down in uh, Payton Aram Village, aren't they? That is correct, yep, in one of the new buildings right next to, I believe it's Chumley's down there. Yep. So that name is Stonegate. So if you're really uncertain about where to go and you're thinking about, gee, how can I go about applying for a mortgage without going into a bank, I find that intimidated, somebody could go to a company like Stonegate. That is correct, yep. They offer, um, sometimes they offer very specialized loans that a bank cannot offer, so sometimes it's, it's prudent to... You know, do your due diligence, and if you want to go to your local bank, do so, but also check out other avenues. But there's lots of different sources of financing today. Uh, one that should not be overlooked is if you are a veteran. Um, uh, qualified veterans can get uh, 100% finance loans with no down payments at all. Uh, but, again, they need to make sure they can afford it and Correct. be able to make the payments. Yep. And so – um, have you worked with uh, VA loans in the past or people who have had VA loans? Yes, I have. Yep. I worked with uh, veterans and um, finding them housing and, you know, fully 100% financed um, as long as they qualified. And I work with uh, Grant as well. He does a lot of VA loans. He's mm-hmm. um, very knowledgeable about the process and the things needed um, from the veterans to get that process started. Okay. And then you've got FHA loans, and I think you can do an FHA loan with 3% down. Uh, typically 3.5%. Three and a half percent. Okay, good. That's good to know. So you've got a number of places where you can refer somebody. They might come in already pre-approved for financing. Um, I wonder how somebody puts together a down payment. Um, I guess the first one might be the bank of dad. <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> right. So I went on a, a vacation trip with my daughter, who's now an adult, and she's also got her law degree. And um, I told this story once before, but it's kind of funny. She said she wanted to buy something in a store when we were on a vacation uh, down in the Caribbean, so I gave her some money. So she borrowed money from in, from me. She went in, and she came out with a T-shirt for me, and it said, I bank at the bank of Dad. <laughs> so she used my money to pay for the shirt. <laughs> but uh, I guess anybody listening, if you're a parent, you're familiar with this experience. Um, but it's a good source of money for a down payment, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, from family members, it's called a gift, and you can be gifted money to help with your down payment. And I think there's some requirement. I'm not totally familiar with it. I think there's some requirement that you maybe it has to be a seasoned gift or something like that. Yeah, I believe there's time frames as far as um, when the money was gifted, and then you have to have the paper trail to follow that money. Mm-hmm. So you have to prove that it's real money that came from a real gift, and it's not expected to be repaid back. It's not a loan, and that sort of thing. But these are just some of the small details that people need to know about and think about when they're buying a house. Um, Would you say, Brad, that you do more work with um, selling houses or or buying houses, or is it pretty much both? It's pretty much both. 2018, I worked with more buyers and sellers. 
uh, my goals for the 2019 is just sort of even that out and mm-hmm. work uh, with both uh, sellers more and keep my buyer clientele as well. Okay. Um, did you ever hear of Confucius? I have. So <laughs> Confucius was centuries ago, and he said the strength of a nation derives from the integrity of the home. And it really is. It's not necessarily home ownership, but uh, one of my favorite poets of all time is Robert Frost. Um, I can recite poetry. Would you like me to recite a poem? No, never mind. I won't do that. I did that before, didn't I, Mike? Yeah, we've heard that. (laughs) But Robert Frost said, home is the place where when you have to go there, they have to take you in. Mm. So think about that one. Sometimes. Sometimes. That's true. Not all the time. Yeah. So... um, Mike, when you do the legal work of home ownership and helping somebody buy a house and you do the purchase and sale contract, um, a lot of the details that happen between the time the contract is signed and getting to the closing are then handled by the realtor or the broker, correct? Yeah, the broker is normally the one that handles the day-to-day things. Um, You have to get sort of little things that need to be done for the closing, final water reading. Um, you have to get an inspection by the fire department of the smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. and So all these things the broker normally handles will handle um, preparing the legal documents, the deeds, and any other documents that need to be uh, prepared to transfer title. But normally the broker is the one that handles the day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. And I've always recommended that if you're buying a house, you should have a home inspection done. There's things that you just don't see. Is that... Something that you typically recommend also, Brad? Always, yep, most definitely. Even if it's a, a new construction house that you're buying, I always recommend that you have a home inspection. Yep. Um, I had a client that had a new construction home. We had a home inspection, and uh, you know, surprisingly we found a lot of different things. The home inspector found a lot of different things that needed to be fixed. So mm-hmm. no matter if it's a new home or a home that's 50 years old, it's always recommended. Yep, and I've always recommended it as well, and I assume – I assume you've got people that you can refer your clients to uh, to do the home inspection. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I have a couple of different home inspectors that um, I refer out. Um, and also actually, some that uh, work exclusively, like we mentioned before, with veterans, so they give discounts to veterans um, for the home inspection. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that before. But very much uh, the attorney works hand-in-hand as a team with a broker. There's things that you have a job to do and there's things that Somebody like Mike has a job to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, sometimes if you have a home inspection and it comes back and there's things that need to be fixed or taken care of, uh, then either the seller is going to go and take care of them and get them done or there might be some negotiations and some adjustment to the price on the contract that yeah. there will be a credit at the closing. So a home inspection can save thousands and thousands of dollars for a buyer. We have a situation right now where we just had a home inspection uh, the other day, so we're waiting for the results from the inspection to make sure that everything is in the purchase and sale agreement the way the buyer and the seller wants it. So, yeah, we do deal with that all the time. Mm. But the market is very uh, strong right now, isn't it? I guess, is, the, is that the right word? I know there's not a lot of inventory available uh, right now, but, but that means that if somebody is looking to sell, um, are houses typically selling faster now because of this low inventory, would you say? Or how would you characterize it? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, you know, we definitely had a shortage of inventory, which uh, caused uh, the price increase in prices uh, in the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting into 2019, we've sort of seen that level out. 
um, especially in a luxury market uh, area where there's a lot more inventory uh, becoming available. Um, in as far as you know, selling your house in today's market, as long as it's priced right, and that's what um, uh, myself as a realtor does, giving you that uh, market analysis. Um, typically, homes can sell pretty quickly with the demand. Mm-hmm. Well, besides having a home, because it's where you want to live and you can personalize it yourself and everything else. It's also a way of, of building value and building wealth, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I wanted to mention on the legal side of things that people don't understand sometimes is if there's no legal documents in place, such as a will, and this is important to understand, if you don't have a will, first of all, there's probably going to have to be a probate done for the real estate to appoint someone to actually be able to sell the property. And then if there's no will in place, the buyer's lender is always going to want a license to sell. Mm-hmm. So that's two probates. Basically, you have to wait until there's been an appointment by the probate court of a personal representative, and then you uh, petition the court to get the license to sell. So just by having a will, you can avoid that license to sell process. So that's something to mm-hmm. understand. It's important. I was just thinking that... Um because Brad, and we're talking with Brad Thalen from Century 21 Signature Properties, uh, because, Brad, you are a senior real estate specialist, um, uh, it's important to talk to seniors and find out exactly what's going on, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Um, I, I think it's important to learn uh, about what their circumstances are and you know what their plan is for um, moving and getting to the next you know, spot in their life that they're going to be comfortable with. Well, Mike, Mike uh, Coleman, attorney Mike Coleman, just told a story a little while ago about the fact that he's had to go through multiple probates and deal with beneficiaries and licenses to sell. And I guess even when you're meeting with somebody, Brad, as a, as a senior a real estate specialist, there's things that people could be told, like if you know that you've got a senior who's in declining health, they had to make real sure that they have a durable power of attorney or maybe they even maybe while they're still living in the house, they might want to think about doing a life estate deed or something like that. So there might be an opportunity where you could refer somebody over to Lance Law, Inc. and yeah. say, these people need documents. Of course, yep, uh, always. And those are sometimes if they don't have those documents in place, those are the conversations you have with their um, sons and daughters who are looking after them. Mm. Yep. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that might need to be done, not just with a broker, but also with an attorney to make sure that God forbid if something happens suddenly, there are documents in place where the family can be protected, and maybe you don't have to go through a whole probate. Correct. But you could still handle the sale, and Mike could still handle the legal work. Uh, there's a fellow named Joe Moore who once said, home is where you can say anything you please because nobody pays it any attention to you anyway. I won't ask anybody to comment on that one. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> yeah, what did you say? <laughs> but I did mention earlier that one of the important reasons to own a home is because as you pay your mortgage down, you're uh, building equity. And it's estimated that only 1.5% of people who have mortgages in Massachusetts go into default. It's very important to pay that mortgage. Um, Andrew Carnegie, who was a real um, major uh, wealthy person in this country, and he was in the steel industry, um, he invested very heavily in real estate. And his wealth today, if he were alive, would be $256 billion, which is far exceeds anybody else that's out there today. So, More than Jeff Bezos. 
Jeff Bezos, well, we won't talk about him. Uh, he didn't have a prenuptial agreement. He didn't? No. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so he used to be the wealthiest person in the world. Yeah. Now he's going to be probably half as wealthy yeah. as he used to be. He's in trouble. <laughs> See a lawyer. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's a good time to buy a house. I think that any time is a good time to buy a house. And I think if you're going to do that, you want to work with a competent professional and give uh, Brad Thalen a call at 508-817-1665. He's a good guy. Um, I've done a lot of work with him on a lot of different things and uh, would certainly give my personal recommendation. Um, You go through the whole process of making sure people can afford to buy a house, and I know you don't necessarily get into a lot of nitty-gritty on that because that's going to be up to the lender to determine. But you still are familiar with the guidelines. If somebody says they're going to buy a, a $400,000 house and they, you know they don't have the income to do it, you might be able to steer them in a different direction and say, let's find out what's affordable. Let's get you pre-qualified. You know, go to this lender and see what they say you can afford. And maybe they need to change their, their approach a little bit. Yes, most definitely. You know, being a realtor, um, I like to advise my clients and speak about what I know and what my job is. Um, so as far as lending or, um, you know, additional documents that you might need from an attorney with your purchase and sale, I refer that out to the professionals in that mm-hmm. area. Yep. Well, it's all about working as a team. Mike, if somebody has bought a house, um, you recommend doing a homestead. We talked about that briefly. Absolutely. You should always have a homestead. As we mentioned before, it's only $35 to record that at the Registry of Deeds. It's uh, pretty easy to, to create that, so everyone should have a homestead, yeah. But the important message is that either buying or selling a house is a complicated business. You need to work with professionals. You can't do it yourself, on, and you shouldn't think that you can. Um, a seller's attorney, for example, if you are handling the sale of a house, uh, what are some of the things that you do once the contract has been signed? So we'll generate the draft of the purchase and sale agreement as we're representing the seller, and then we'll send that over to the buyer's attorney to have them look at it. And most times they have some change that they want to make to the purchase and sale, so that's a negotiation where we go back and forth, and eventually that gets signed, and then we move towards the closing. Mm-hmm. Um, we would want, if there's a mortgage on the property, we would want to get a payoff for the mortgage so that we make sure that's taken care of. Uh, we can help with title issues if anything comes up along the way normally most times the lender has a title uh, attorney who does a title search and they'll make sure that there haven't been any title issues for the past you know 50 years or so on the buyer side yeah, yeah. on the buyer side um, we can draft the deed power of attorney if necessary we actually can attend the closing on behalf of a seller if they're not able to be there we can do a power of attorney to be there for them so mm-hmm. those are all the things that we do Okay, and um, sometimes people will say, well, I'm happy to have you do the purchase and sale contract, but you don't need to go to the closing. I can save that cost. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? That's fine. If they don't want us there, we don't need to be there. So closings, if they're organized ahead of time, should be dull and boring and no surprises. You don't want to have an exciting closing. You want to have a very dull, boring closing, don't you? Yes. (laughs) But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Things do pop up at closings. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's a dispute. Um, my favorite story, uh, many years ago I worked at Prescott, Bullard, and McLeod, and I did five closings a day, five days a week. Uh, I learned a lot in a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
My favorite closing was um, there was a husband and wife buyer who came in, and there was a husband and wife seller at the table, and the closing was proceeding along. And the buyer, husband, and wife started to uh, argue, and then the argument got a little bit further along, and the wife stood up and said, I'm not buying a house with you. And the husband stood up and said, I'm not buying a house with you. And the buyers walked out of the room. Wow. Right at the closing. <laughs> there goes their deposit. <laughs> but um, I always recommend that when you're buying and selling a house, you want to be represented, including at the closing, because uh, sometimes the closings are not boring and sometimes things do pop up. Right. And one of the things that we also do is we'll review what's called the settlement statement before the closing, and we'll talk to the seller about that because that lists all the different expenses and everything that That's they're going yeah, yeah. to pay. So they need to understand exactly what's on that. And they need they... to know how much money to bring to the closing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, Brad, that you give advice at, at, about that at some point. You know, you paid a deposit already, but you make sure you have enough money when you come into the closing table. Co- correct, yeah. So, you know, usually when I'm speaking with my clients and, you know, suggesting that they have an attorney, whether they're buying or selling, to review the purchase and sale, um, you know, when we get to that point, I always make sure, and I'm in contact with the attorney to make sure that they're, like Michael said, letting them know what these costs are going to be so there's no surprises right. know, on closing day. You, it's, it's a big transaction, either buying or selling, and you want to make sure that there are no surprises as much as you possibly can. The only president of the United States who served four times was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and he said once, real estate cannot be lost or stolen nor can it be carried away, purchased with common sense, paid for in full, and managed with reasonable care. It is about the safest investment in the world. One of my favorite quotes. Oh, you have that quote already? Oh, yeah. Oh, good, so I don't have to give it to you. <laughs> it is a good quote, and yep. it should be on uh, every person's desk who's uh, in the real estate business. Absolutely. Real estate is very important. Um I read a lot, and one of the things I read is the um, Forbes Fortune and Forbes and Fortune 500 list. And it's interesting when you read those and you look at where people made their money. We're not we're talking obviously about commercial real estate as well. Um, about two thirds of everybody on those lists have most of their money in real estate investments. I mean, that's really the wealth of this country, mm-hmm. and it starts with owning a single family home. Like you said before, they're not making any more land, so. No. I have another great land quotation. Would you like to hear my other great land sure. quotation, Michael? Yes. So you prompted <laughs> me on this one. Here's the uh, National Park Service uh, Land Agency has a quotation that says, Take care of the land. Someday you'll be a part of it. <laughs> I think about that one. I like that one. I, I don't think you want that in your office, Brad. No, no. I'll take the other quote. <laughs> well, um, I have a couple more quotes, but we'll save them until the end. I think that any time is a good time to buy a house. I think that any time is a good time to sell a house. But you have to work with the right people. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you're getting proper advice, that you've got a team. It's it's not something you should try to do yourself ever. Um, in fact, even if you're thinking of uh, your next-door neighbor has said to you, by the way, if you ever want to sell your house, I'd be interested in buying it for my son run the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Well, what you want to do is you want to go and sit down with somebody like Brad Thalen from Century 21 and say, Brad, can you tell me what my house is worth? And then what Brad can say to you is, you know, if this guy is really interested and he's willing to pay pay a fair price, you can pay us a commission still 
and we'll help you negotiate the best price. Uh, you probably have seen that kind of situation before. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, actually, I actually have a new listing coming up um, as well where there's a piece of land that uh, the neighbor said, hey, I want to purchase this piece of land uh, for such and such a price. And so uh, we're just taking that sort of uh, as a separate transaction to see if that will come to fruition. Or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think anybody listening today has probably heard that statement somewhere along the line. Oh, no, I've already got a buyer for my house. Mm-hmm. Um, be very careful because you're probably not going to get the price that you deserve to get paid. Right. right. Would you agree with that also, Mike? Absolutely, yep. And just going back for one second to what we had talked about with probate of assets and real estate, one of the ways to avoid the probate is by transferring or deeding property into a realty trust, mm-hmm. which is another thing that we do. Um, if you have the property in a trust and you have successor trustees named, there's no probate. Successor trustee can put the property on the market right away and, and sell it right out of the trust. Before we run totally out of time, I just want to give a quick tax tip. Um, you may know, both of you, that when you sell your house, if you have lived in your house as your residence for two out of the last five years, you can exclude up to $250,000 of capital gain. Um, if you have somebody who goes into a nursing home, um, as long as they've lived there for one year out of the last five years, they can still exclude the game. So recent tax information. I'd like to give a special thank you to attorney Michael Coleman for being here. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you for having me. And a special thank you to Brad Thalen from Century 21. Give Brad a call at 508-817-1665. Two experts in their field. Thank you for having me today. Appreciate of course, it. Today you're in the studio. <laughs> so my last quotation today from Will Rogers, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen.